Welcome to the Science of Parenting podcast, where we connect you with research-based information that fits your family. We will talk about the realities of being a parent and how research can help guide our parenting decisions. I'm Mackenzie Johnson, parent of two littles with their own quirks, and I'm a parenting educator. And I'm Lori Cordles, and I am a parent of three in two different life stages. They are launched, two of them are, and one is still in high school, and I'm also a parenting educator. And today we're going to continue our season on temperament and child development, all Mm -hmm. smashed together. (laughs) So this week in particular, uh, we get to talk about toddlers, which is super exciting. I love toddlers. They just... I feel like it's science class 24-7 with toddlers. (laughs) Yes. And they're just like Sour Patch Kids. I'm like, what's the word? So sweet. So stormy. Like Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Everything all at once. Exactly. Exactly. So like we shared the last couple of weeks, what we've done is we've kind of taken two seasons and brought them together. Uh, So we're taking our season three on our temperament traits. And we are bringing it alongside our season five, which was all about child development. And we're going to walk through both of those seasons together and figure out how is it that temperament uh, plays out as our children grow and develop. And like I said, we're going to specifically focus on toddlers this week. Last week, we talked about infants. So if you missed that, just go make sure go back to our blog, go back to our Facebook page and catch up on the infants. It was fun. Yes, yes. Good babies. <laughs> Good babies. <laughs> Good babies. Uh, and every episode this season, we're really kind of reminding everybody that parenting is a bi-directional process. Mm-hmm. So this basically means that our kids influence us and we influence them. So it's not just, well, I, you know, I even think of about conversations I have with some of my friends and like, oh, what is it? Like my oldest ugh, or like, oh, my middle Um, you know, and they think about like, why do I feel this way about that? Or why is this hard for me with them, but not the other? And a big part of that is temperament. But we have to remember that not only are we influencing our kids, but who they are, you know, their, their characteristics, their temperament, their health status, their birth Mm -hmm. order, their gender identity, their all the alls, all those things influence us, right? They influence us as parents too. And so the way that we parent them and guide them is influenced by our specific child. So temperament is such, you know, we talk about like goodness of fit and creating it. And sometimes our temperaments clash because they're so similar. Sometimes they clash because they're so different. And we just, we want to remember that that's all in the mix. (laughs) It is. It is. It is, which, you know, essentially just rides right along with our whole philosophy at the science of parenting, which is there is more than one way to raise great, great kids. And that's mm-hmm. because of this bi-directional, right? We, yeah. we just believe that there is more than one right way. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and dive right in. We just want to share with you quickly our definition of temperament that we are using is again from Mary Rothbart and her colleagues. And she talks about temperament being defined as that physiological uh, basis for our differences. And so that internal thing, the the, the temperament comes from the genetics of those who birthed us. <laughs> and so those, those feelings, those genetics, that internal drive is what happens. And, and as parents, we can begin to predict how our children might react to their world, to their surroundings. Um, and I love what Mary Shidi Kursinka says. She talks about genes being the template and then our environment and who we interact with kind of allowing us the opportunity to 
learn and manage and practice our responses because the basis of our responses is from our genes. And then we spend the rest of our life kind of working through what we got, right? Yes. We navigate with them. We gain skills and all these things. And yeah, so we, of course we deep dive temperament in season three. So like, don't forget you can catch yes. up on that, <laughs> which was yes. a long season. We had a lot to it say was. about it. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much good stuff. But, uh, you know, basically in short, you know, Lori summed it up nicely with those little tidbits. Uh, but my takeaway from season three was really like temperament helps us understand who our kids are, how they mm-hmm. interact with the world, the patterns of behavior they're going to have. Our role is to help guide them through the world, help them build the skills that they need. Um, and to figure out how to work with it and like, okay, yes, we have something to do now that we know temperament, but then also great news. It's like cleaning off that little window to understand our kids better. And we can help predict and anticipate their behavior, which is like "Ah," anything to help me there. (laughs) I love that word picture. We cleaned off the window. We we're wiping the window with the dirt off the window as we're learning about temperament. Absolutely. I stole that from you. You I, well, you didn't steal. I offered. And then I, I offered. Okay, you offered, and then I just expand a little. I remember I've taught that to people, and I'm like, oh, you know, expand it. I'm like the window, you're cleaning it off. You get to understand a little bit, and then you do like a temperament profile, and it gets a little bit more, and then you get the squeegee out as you press. Yeah. <laughs> you just learn, it. and you can see better and better. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, as we look at toddlers this week, we're really going to look at the ages of about between one and three. And just like we did in season three, we're going to use the CDC milestone tracker. So you can find that at the CDC website. It's a really cool milestone tracker. But as we think about toddlers and we think about the things that they are naturally doing as they grow, um, they're really starting to move much more independently, right? They might be hopping and they might be starting to hop. Uh, they're definitely climbing up things, right? Um, oh, their emotions are super strong just because of their age. So because of their age and these developmental milestones, these things that happen as they grow, we as parents are going to experience some of these things alongside with them just like every other child. Now, we know that the rate that children grow, so the rate that their milestones happen is going to be different. But milestones are typically things that happen in every child. Additionally, there are children with diverse and special needs, and they might not have all the milestones, but again, they might be reaching those milestones at a later time. Even though they reach these milestones at different times, there's still this interaction with temperament in them. And that's what we're going to explore. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think about the difference, you know, like what my eight, my first 18 month old could say, do, interact, emotionally regulate mm-hmm. versus what my other child at 18 months, you know, could do, say, <laughs> emotionally regulate. Absolutely. Um, and so it does it. We know that it's going to be different rates for different kids and temperament's a big part of that. Um, but yeah, we do know for most toddlers, right? That in that second and into the, yeah, set what the first year is zero to one. The second year is yeah. one to two. Okay. I was like the second and third year. Yeah. Right? <laughs> which, which year is it? 
which is in those years, in the toddler yes. years. In the toddler years. <laughs> they're moving around a lot, right? They've really gotten much more control of their body. Uh, they're walking. They are running, hopping, like Lori said. Uh, but also their desire to interact with and explore their surroundings really increases, right? As a baby, there was it was a lot more limited, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't mobile for a while, like they weren't crawling or anything. So it was really limited to what was directly around them. And then it was like, well, now I can crawl or maybe I could walk a little. But it was like in a really limited thing. Well, as toddlers, they're exploring more and more. They're going to show greater independence. Sometimes even that independence comes with some defiant behavior. I was telling Lori earlier. Sometimes. My toddler. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> uh, my toddler's current, like, I don't like what you said, is like to do like a big dramatic crossing of his arms and like a big <gasps> exhale. Yeah. <gasps> mom, <laughs> like, you are bothering me, mom. <laughs> yes. Uh, showing some defiance there. And it's also fun. They start to like recognize themselves more like in pictures in the mirror. Uh, they will imitate behavior. Right. So like I see my toddler following his sister around uh, doing yes. what she's up to. But they do. They imitate a lot of behavior of adults and older kids. Um, and then, yeah, some of the things that they're likely able to do include, you know, recognizing the names like they can label stuff. Right. This is a dog. This is a bear. Mm -hmm. This is a house. They can label that kind of those objects and familiar people. They can put together some simple sentences and phrases uh, and kind of start to follow some of those simpler directions. Right. Like grab your shoes. Exactly. Um, they, they're getting way better at their receptive language, which mm -hmm. um, they're continuing to understand more and more of what you say, even when you have a young toddler who maybe couldn't say that back to you. They, right. a lot they have a lot more words in their head. Uh, there are a lot more words in their head than in their mouth, right? Yes. 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 So one of the theorists uh, that we talk about when we talk about child development is Eric Erickson. And another resource that we use is Dr. Diana Lang's book. And in her book, she references Eric Erickson and his, his stages of child development. And he really, I love how he puts that this stage is really about that independence. And yes. what that independence is doing is setting them up for success as they grow especially in those areas of self-esteem, self-initiative, and just that overall confidence. So as toddlers express that independence that sometimes challenges us as parents, it's helpful for us to just maybe take a step back and, and think, oh, good. <laughs> He's getting more confident. Oh, good. good. This is helping her self-esteem, you know, yes. oh, good. <laughs> this yes. uh, initiative at two, while it's challenging right now, is really setting them up for success. Yes. I even think about my son is currently in the stage of like, he wants to get himself into his car seat. Mm. <laughs> but it's a very long process. And it's right. very hard for me to wait. And I'm like. I do eventually want you to be able to get yourself like right to climb up there yourself. Yes. That will be a good thing. I, I'll just wait the four minutes right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't always wait the four minutes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh God. But that is, it's a part of that independence and yeah. Reframing it of like, you're building your skills, you're building your confidence, your initiative and those things. Um, but one thing that is hard about this independence is like as parents, right. This bi bi-directional thing, like, how do I feel 
and not mm -hmm. just like, oh, you're growing up. Not that as much as like, do I feel safe to let you climb on those rocks? Mm -hmm. Do my, how does my temperament interact? Like my reaction when you fall down, right? My, like, and so there's yeah. actually kind of a question that I ask myself as a parent of, am I uncomfortable or are they unsafe? Mm. Um, and so asking myself that. with my toddler, like, am I uncomfortable with this? Like, I'm just not, uh, I don't know if you're ready. What will happen? Mm -hmm. And giving myself the pause to say, am I just uncomfortable because this is new or hard? Are they still seem so little or are they unsafe? And so if they're unsafe, right. how can I help them explore while being safe? Right? So sometimes it's okay. I will hold your hand or I will stand next to you while you try this. Yes. Right. Um, and sometimes it's setting a clear boundary of like, no, that behavior is unsafe. Instead, we can. Right. Um, and so boundary setting is a huge part of toddlerhood. They're figuring out, okay, now that I can explore the world, what, are, how am I going to be safe? Right. And that's what we're doing as parents we set the to keep them safe while allowing them to be independent and explore. Like, absolutely. Such a, and it's mm -hmm. such a balance, right? It's such a balance of, oh, yeah. oh you're doing, you're doing a big boy thing and I'm not comfortable <laughs> with that because you're still my baby. <laughs> <laughs> But balancing that with, oh, look at that initiative and independence you're showing. And okay, I can, yes. like, I can handle this maybe for 30 seconds. Okay, now yes. I'll be my baby again. <laughs> yes. Well, and I do. I think of, you know, the physical stuff is what comes to mind for me of like, yes, like, okay, you're going to climb that. You want to do this. You want to explore that. But there is a lot of other kinds of exploration, like the way they interact with toys, the way, yes. right? Like, now I'm going to put this on my head. Like now I'm uh -huh. gonna, um, and so there is some creativity and things too, that it's like, this is fun exploration. They're going to do these yes. new things. And, yes. um, but like I said, science class 24 seven, right? Always, always, always science class. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see how temperament rolls into this, right? Like how does yes. temperament play out with toddlerhood? Absolutely. So we're going to use the nine traits from Thomas and Chess. We talked about them in season three. We talked about them the last couple of weeks. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through those nine traits and remember that we get all nine traits. Okay. We got them when we were little. Now we're an adult. We still have them. So our children have all nine traits. It's just this continuum of how much did we give them of each trait? Did we give them a little or a lot. <laughs> and then the idea of, okay, as toddlers, there's this normal development. Let's pile temperament on top of that and say, okay, these challenging behaviors that toddlers are giving us are actually a mix of both. And how can we, you know, get, get gather, gain some tri tips, tricks, tools, and techniques and put them in our parenting toolbox and grab them when we need them. Right? Yes. All right. Yes. You start us off. Okay, so I'm going to start with activity level. So we're going to talk about kind of examples of how you might see this temperament trait play out with toddlers. And so yes. for activity level, I initially was like, oh, Laura, you do it. I feel like I don't have a good grasp of this. Toddlers are so active. So it's hard for me to tell. And then as we talked through, I was like, oh, no, no, I've got some examples. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think there's actually my one of my kids has we have like a good family friend who has a child around the same age. And. I see activity level when we go somewhere together mm -hmm. in the stroller. Like I had a toddler, a, I have a very active toddler that we literally could go on like a mile walk without a stroller because she wanted to walk. 
And then I have a friend who has a kiddo who like, it's good. We got to bring the stroller on because they're going to get tired and they're going to get exhausted. And, and so that activity level of yes, toddlers are active, but mm-hmm. is that instinct a little more rest or a little more go, go, go. And then you also gave an example as you're we chatting through of like, do you have a kid that once they get their legs under them, it's a sprint <laughs> yes. or is it like kind of a waddle of like, Oh yeah over here okay back to mom and dad okay sit down snuggle right yes and so that activity level we see that and the i yeah, the stroller is just the example for me of like oh a very active kid my daughter we like didn't even bring it with us after like 18 months unless exactly. we were going to like somewhere we we're walking miles and miles and miles probably wasn't coming with us yeah. and that was unusual like other people thought we were a little crazy for that <laughs> right yes uh, there, here comes that parental judgment like what <laughs> You're, yes. you're, you put that on your uh, baby gift registry and now you're not using it. <laughs> I, you're not going to use it. Yeah. We did oh. use it. Just she was yeah. done with it earlier than some other kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then I'm going to kind of do these next two a little bit together, but initially um, they are approach withdrawal and adaptability. So think about approaching or withdrawing as how do they respond in new situations? And then adaptability is their response to transitions. Now, remember, temperament becomes predictable. So can we predict whether they're going to approach new things or if they're going to withdraw and hide? So that's the continuum, right? A little or a lot, approaching, withdrawing. And so as we think about the toddler, the toddler who is approaching in new situations, you know, they might peek in the door and be like, oh, I think this looks fun. I'm on my way. (laughs) Where the withdrawing toddler, they might be clinging to you. They are up in your arms, crawling up your neck. They are getting as far away from that new situation (laughs) as possible. Same thing with new toys, new clothes, right? The new, the toddler who's approaching, they're interested in that newness while the withdrawing child is like, oh, well, that's nice. Can I have my old blanket back? Um, And then adaptability then becomes that response or that ability to predict how they're going to react in transitions. Okay, now, um, just a point, like everything in a toddler's life is basically a transition. We move them from, you know, car seat to the ground. We move them from the table to the couch. They move from the living room to the bathroom, right? So everything Mm -hmm. is a transition. So adaptability really becomes that huge key of, are they um, a natural planner, being that they're less even adaptable? Even at one or two. Even at one or two, right? They have their thoughts on how quickly we're going to adjust to moving into this car seat, right? And adjust I had that. planned on a blue cup. Yeah, I planned like, on a blue cup. Wait. Like, what are you doing? What do you mean? Yeah, this, exactly. This is not blue. This is not blue Uh, versus a more adaptable child who, you know, what they were totally okay with the red cup. And if it wasn't even a cup, uh, it was a bowl that they had to drink out of super fun. Right. And so based on just the temperament alone, think about how do they respond in new situations and then in those transitions, everyday transitions. Yes. Those are big ones. The like what's new and what's mm-hmm. unexpected. Mm-hmm. That, is that unexpected? Mm, how's that make yeah. the topic? Yeah. Uh, well, and a part of how strongly those feelings are expressed <laughs> is <laughs> one of my favorite toddler traits. Well, 
temperament traits too. Oh, yeah. At every age, it's one of my favorite. Every age. Intensity. Uh, so this is the emotional reaction and how strong it is. And so when it comes to toddlers, I tend to think of, you know, we talk a little bit about like, you know, we think, oh, toddlers, mm, tantrums, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so that kind those. of thing. Yeah, we'll get to those. But, um, you know, thinking of intensity of your child, are they more what some might call dramatic or relaxed? Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, oh, you know, nothing is too upsetting. Or um, I, I do. I think about like when you think about your child upset. Do you mm -hmm. picture screaming, crying, falling apart or mild disappointment? <laughs> mm -hmm. Because it's not that they don't experience strong feelings, but their expression right? Mm -hmm. um, it's just difference in how they experience them. And then the other, the one that I think about that, I'm like, this is the one, this is the one that tells you <laughs> to me, it's excitement. Mm, yes. uh, like I think of the difference between me and my husband, I am very intense and I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, and, you know, kick, kick my legs, hands in the air, kind of excitement. And his excited is like a smirk. Like yes. <laughs> there's a little way that he looks when he's excited about something. Um, and so, yeah, when you think about your kids being excited about something, is it a loud, excitable, you know, like, woo, yes. or is it more of a more mild, like, oh, thank you. And I even think mm -hmm. of how that plays into like opening presents. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, oh, we yes. talk about like the novelty of approach, but the intensity of like, I'm really excited about this. Thank you. Like some kids are just that like, oh, these Legos, yay, mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. it is. But so intensity definitely has a role there. But then also sensitivity is another mm -hmm. trait. And so I think of this as like how much your kids are in tune or notice the sensory experiences of like sound, sight, taste, right? And so this can relate to picky eating a little bit, right? Do Oof. they notice the texture of this or the taste of that? Um, that Too can hot. Be Yes, too hot, absolutely. right? When too when hot. Millie poured the milk in her yeah. corn because it was too <laughs> hot. Yes, back in season one. Yes. I still think about that one. I can picture that yes. day in my head. <laughs> but yes, and so, you know, how much are they noticing? I actually, the example that comes to mind for me for this, when my niece was like in this toddler age, she was always like, lights, lights, mm -hmm. lights. Like everywhere we went, she'd be like, oh, there's the light. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, what a weird little obsession to have. She was noticing, right? Mm -hmm. The lights were bright. The light wasn't on. She wanted it on, right? She was noticing those kinds of sensory things around her. And then yes. another one that I like to use is like a gauge is like, how does a child feel about being barefoot? Like outside. Like, yes. So like we, our backyard has like some, like some rocks, some grass, some, like some not very nice places to step. <laughs> some dog poop, if I'm honest. <laughs> but you know, like the... Some kids are like, like, I need my shoes, right? Mm -hmm. It really hurts me to be barefoot or I don't like how the grass feels or, and some kids are like, oh yeah, like uh -huh. there's no thought to it. And so that's another one related to sensitivity that, that oh, gosh. experience. The number of battles I've seen on playgrounds with parents and shoes and children oh. because of <laughs> sensitivity. Ah! Yes. Yes. All right. So distractibility and persistence, the next two. Um, when you think about distractibility, this is really important because a distractible, more distractible child, they might get overstimulated because they're catching everything that's going on. They're noticing um, this toy, then that toy, this person, then that person, um, this this truck that just rode by on the the 
street and they're noticing and they could get easily overstimulated as a toddler, you know, and just in general, all of that information coming in, right? We think about as adults, the times that we get overstimulated, um, but just in general toddlerhood being 24 seven, that distractibility of noticing everything can create some overstimulated moments and maybe cause a tantrum or two, right? For sure. And then persistence, or, or then, so let's go with the the uh, less distractible child. Uh, we don't might think them. about, yeah, don't skip them. Definitely not. Because they might get locked in. Like, mm -hmm. no, I want to go see this puppy over here that's a stranger's puppy. Or no, mm -hmm. I want to play um, up here on top of the slide. Yes. I want you can't pull to, me away with something right? else. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I, I know that trick. I know that redirection <laughs> trick that you parents using guidance and discipline are trying. I don't want to be redirected, right? So they are not distracted. They get locked in. Um, you know, did we did we give them with their genes a little or a lot of distractibility? Mm -hmm. And then persistence, another trait is kind of similar. And we think about that idea of a persistent child, persistent toddler is that that toddler that is going to try over and over and over and over. It's like, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again and again and again and again and, <laughs> and again, again, right? And, and again, again. <laughs> they're persistent. They're going to try it. They want to keep trying versus the toddler who is not persistent and maybe we'll do everything to avoid frustration at all costs. Mm, uh, yeah. I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't. I don't want to climb in the car to get in my car seat. You know, you put me in. You put my coat yes. on. You do it. You put my shoe on. Um, I, it's too hard and frustrating for me. I am not comfortable with these things that you're mm -hmm. wanting me to do. I don't want to be independent. Thank you very this much. This toy. <laughs> this toy is not stacking the way I want. I'm going to go no, find something else. All done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and if you think about that, even with, you know, new toys, if they are, you know, hard or difficult yeah. because we as parents are thinking, okay, now they need the next step. They need <laughs> the next level. I want them to grow and learn. And they're like, mm. okay, that's too hard. I, mm -mm. I, I, my persistence level is not that persistence. I don't want to keep doing that versus the child. I like, yeah. Yeah. I would say, I like my peg puzzles. I don't yes. want other puzzles. <laughs> I don't want the inner like good at. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, and that can be frustrating as parents when you, you know, on, on both spectrums, right? Yes. And with temperament, remember the things that we talked about last week, some of these traits were not frustrating as an infant at that age, but they're suddenly frustrating at the toddler age. So that's yeah. really important thing to remember about temperament as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then two more traits, uh, regularity, which still really a factor here in uh, oh, toddlerhood yes. because parents are still very much in charge, right? We mm -hmm. are still changing the diapers and we're still preparing the, the plates and all of those things. And so regularity is very much about like that eat, sleep, poop. And, um, I tend to think if you try, if you have a toddler that is high regularity, you know, we're still kind of on that clock. They might fit mm -hmm. naturally into the toddler schedule of like, okay, yep. We get up, we eat breakfast, we do this around this time. I know you're going to be tired around this time. Mm -hmm. I can anticipate you're going to poop. And actually I, my childcare provider and I, it's like, because I have such a regular child, if my child does not like, oh, there was no poop today. 
okay, okay, okay. Well, keep an eye on that. That is a good to know. <laughs> but with other, it was like, well, I don't. Know. Whenever it happens, yes. Like, um, but yes. Yeah, so, is it easy to anticipate, or is it like, well, some days, right? Some mm -hmm. days they eat a ton at breakfast, yes, and no snacks, and some days they eat snacks all day, and some days did they eat it all, right? Yeah. And so that irregularity. Oh. Like, it's just like, well, some days, I don't know. And tied into yes. that independence because they're toddlers. Yes. Ooh, you know, I, yeah. no, I'm independent. I I'm done. I had three mm -hmm. grapes. Yeah. Good enough. That was plenty. <laughs> that was plenty. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then <sighs> finally mood, which I feel like this one is a little more straightforward. Do you have a child that tends to be a little more sunny, chipper, or a little more somber and serious. And so mm -hmm. that can affect your ability to soothe them, right? That they come, they can be a little easier to soothe when they're sunny or a little bit more difficult, you know, need a little more help uh, with those emotions when they're on the lower end of mood. Exactly. And, you know, like I mentioned before, these traits can be both positive and difficult at the yes. same time. And things that we, you know, valued as they were an infant, that, you know, ability to, um, not be distracted, uh, because they were, they were sleeping better. Um, now as a toddler, we are like, well, can I just distract you? Because what you're doing is not safe. So same kid, same level of distractibility, different age. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. Absolutely. And I think of that too, with like, like intensity, you know, that, yes. that's always the trade I go to. I just like, that. <laughs> but like, you know, as, an infant, like I knew what you needed, right? Like, oh, you are crying. Uh -huh. <laughs> you are hungry, right? Like, or you are whatever um, that might be. And then, yeah, as a toddler, it's like, why are your tantrums like, whoo? And then my friend whose child is like the exact same age. They're not really <laughs> doing the tantrum thing. What, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Positive and that leads us right challenges. into, yes, positive and challenges that, that leads us right into our reality section, right? So, yes. so we've, we've talked about child development and we've talked about the traits and, and one thing that we really wanted to do this season and Mackenzie's kind of alluded to that as well mm -hmm. is we wanted to pull in some research in specific areas that might be challenging. So, okay. What is it that toddler parents might go surfing the net for at 2 a.m.? tantrums, right? This is kind of clear to us that, you know, helping toddlers manage those big feelings at this age, because that's what the age is about. Yes. And then adding on temperament, like we thought, okay, let's find if we see if we can find some research on temper tantrums and toddlers. And so one of our favorite temperament writers, Helen F. Neville, she worked with Jim Cameron and his colleagues at Kaiser Permanente. Uh, they wrote a book called Temperament Tools, Helen F. Neville and her friend, um, Oh, I better look at it. Diane Clark Johnson did. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Get both uh, authors in there. <laughs> Get both authors in there, right? And so they wrote this book called Temperament Tools. And I love the way they break the, the information about temperament down into certain ages, um, as well as they use animals to talk about the different types of temperament clusters and traits that all go together. Um, but what we also want you to know is that you can... Um, go to uh, the site that Mackenzie talked about last week, preventiveoz.org or temperament.com, either of those two sites, and fill out a temperament profile, temperament survey that kind of tells you where does my child fall on this continuum that Laurie and Mackenzie keep talking about. 
And we'll make sure that we put uh, access to those resources on our blog. Oh, for sure. Yes. And so we do, we get to dive in a little bit and I just like to like, I got to give the disclaimer that tantrums are a normal part of toddler mm. development. They when are. I talk about toddlers. I like to talk about it as like a perfect storm for hard behavior, right? Like they are starting to learn. I can express myself and people can understand me. Yeah. Right. So they're starting to learn that um, their brain also has all this stuff in their head that they can't tell you yet. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't have the words like Lori said in their head, not in their mouth. Like, so it just creates this kind of perfect storm. And they also don't have a lot of coping skills yet. Right. As an infant, yes. it was cry. Parents fix it. Cry. Yes. <laughs> parents yes. fix it. And so yes. they're learning to express those emotions and still crying. Right. Toddlers still mm -hmm. cry. Um, but they're also learning new ways to express. And I mean, it's a challenge. It's normal. It's okay it if it's hard, but you're not like, like, oh, my child's naughty. No, mm -mm. your child's no. a toddler. Like your child's a toddler. They're having, <laughs> yeah. They're having a hard time. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, it's all right to be like, yes, being a toddler is hard. And our role as parents, we get to say like, oh, this is hard for you. Mm -hmm. I want to help you learn some skills, right? How to cope with this what we can do when we're mad, help you understand what is that big rush of that's inside. Yes. Of you. You're mad. You You're mad. feel frustrated. Right? <laughs> so we help, help them you. figure out, right. But we get to help them figure out more appropriate behavior, right? More appropriate ways of doing things. We do. So we're going to kind of walk through about six, I don't know if there's steps or just six um, opportunities Thanks. to think and consider, right? Yes. So the first one that Helen talks about is really focusing on that when and why. And that when and why is a little bit different here because that when is exactly what Mackenzie was talking about. When is the, the time of the age, like they are toddlers. Yeah. That's when temper tantrums happen. And mm -hmm. so, you know, rest assured, they're very normal because of the when right now in toddlerhood. Mm -hmm. And then we look at the why. And I love how she talks about the why. Now, I never considered um, that there were two types of temper tantrums until yeah. reading Helen's book, Temperament Tools. And so she talks about there's two types of temper tantrums. And if you really think about it, I, I think of myself as an adult and I can see myself <laughs> in these two definitions, right? So there might be one kind of temper tantrum that's about controlling, manipulation, I control. I want to control this situation. And as a toddler, I'm gaining more independence because of my child development. And I, I need to let you know that I, I'm, I'm in charge of the situation as a toddler. I want to control it. Yes. So she and talks I want about, you to, right? Like, and I there's want that part of you the like, to, I want you yes. to give in or let me or give yes. it back or. <laughs> yes. And I have a wish. I have a need. I have a want, right? Yes. I have this want and I want you to, and I'm going to control the situation. So she talks about that as manipulative tantrums versus temper tantrums that are from an emotional level. Like I need to release this emotional tension because I'm anxious. It's a new situation. I have run out of adaptability because I'm not adaptable in my temperament trait. I have too much energy because I'm very active. And now all of these distractions have overloaded me. And that is a temper tantrum that is emotional release. 
Now, yes. I know about you, but I can think of myself as an adult. Mm, that in me might look like a big round of tears. I yeah. have had emotional releases, right? Yes. Or I need to just walk out the door and yell at the top of my yeah. lungs. Okay, so sometimes, like I give my sometimes I need to slam the door. Yeah, like, just like sometimes, sometimes it's just like, oh, like right. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we as adults have temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and well, we, we learned appropriate ways. We have learned appropriate ways, and we've given ourselves permission for those tantrums. So can't we also give that to our toddlers? Like, mm -hmm. yes, you know what? You can have an emotional release. Now let me help you figure out how to do that in an appropriate way. Yes. Oh, I love those two things. I love the what kind of tantrum is it? What yes. is triggering it? Is my mm, child yes. wanting a specific thing, right? Or and I can even think of situations where it's like my child is melting down about this thing that they don't normally care about. And it's like, well, this is really emotional overwhelm. Right? Exactly. Like and so they they hide exactly. each other a little bit. But yeah. yeah, but understanding that it's not always about getting their way. Sometimes it's just about these feelings yes. are too big for me. These are huge feelings. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Another one that Helen talks about is tracking the tantrums. So yes. when are they happening? Right. Is it like a certain time of day that it's happening right before something, right after something during a transition? How often are they happening? Mm -hmm. I think this is also helpful as we think about kids with special needs, this opportunity yes. to track like what you feel like is a challenging behavior or a red flag potential behavior mm -hmm. that you're tracking it. Like, okay, how long is this happening? Um, like how long do they last? Right. If you think about a tantrum, is it typical for a tantrum to last an hour? Is it typical for this mm -hmm. to happen seven times a day? Is it typical for this to happen once a day? Um, and then also the intensity level of it, right? Do I have a child yes. that is, and sometimes just an intense kid, not related to a diagnosis or special right. needs or anything. Intense kids can bang their head on the floor, right? Absolutely. That is, is like yeah. huge, overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. But And so thinking about those things for typically developing kids, like whether or not you're concerned about, um, you know, like delays and things like that, but being able mm -hmm. to track it gives you a sense of the bigger picture of like, this feels like it's constant. Really, it's once a day or really right. it's right before lunch or really it's. Um, it can help you figure out those triggers for these tantrums that we were talking about earlier. Absolutely. And with regular toddlers, more regular toddlers, that tracking, you probably don't even need to watch because you can think of it right <laughs> off the top of your head. It's with those irregular toddlers that you might really have to watch and go, oh my goodness, you know what? This happens every time they get hungry and they don't get hungry the same time every day. Right. Oh, and so the, if you have an irregular toddler, your tracking is really going to be important. When mm -hmm. does this happen? What happened before it? Because that irregularity is going to make a huge, you know, huge difference in when those happen. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And you also brought up one more and this ties right into, um, I think item number five, one, two, three, four, four, right? Uh, is that safety. So as they're having tantrums, because they're normal and they're toddlers, as they're having tantrums, are they safe? Are they an intense toddler who bangs their head on the floor? If they are, you just might need to sit down on the floor and slide your leg under their head, right? Yep. Just slide. I, I mean, I, I have a cushy leg. They can slam their head yep. on my cushy leg. 
And like, then I will help you be safe. Like I, can't I will help you. you be safe. I will help yes. you be safe. And then we need to teach them, show them what is a more appropriate way that's safer for them to get that emotional release. Do they need to stomp their feet on the ground and growl? <laughs> right. And, and sometimes we have to practice these things when they're not in the middle of a tantrum. Because remember, yes. in the middle of the tantrum, they are in their downstairs brain and their downstairs brain is not thinking. It is and only just growling. a hint. There is only growling. Uh, toddlers downstairs brains are bigger than their upstairs brains. Yes. So there's that. But we need to make sure that they're safe um, and that we can create some positive, appropriate uh, behaviors that they can see and practice ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And then the final tip she talks about is thinking about how we can help our kids regain control. Right. Mm, yeah. If it's, you know, especially in that emotional overwhelm, or even if it is a kind of manipulative tantrum, that how they can handle that disappointment. Like you're like, I know you really want this and I'm saying no. Um, how can they help regain control? And so a question that I actually ask my kids as toddlers and still use, like, do you want help or do you want space? I love um, that. You know, and so sometimes it like, do you want a hug? do you want me to let you be like, and so giving my child the chance to say that. And it also, I think encourages my kids to say like when they need space with a toy, yes. like, so we're trying to give some language, but you know, other things thinking about like what would help your child regain control would connection, like physical touch. Mm -hmm. um, would that help your child? Would humor, right. Would that help them deal with the disappointment or the redirection? Um, yes. Would movement, right. We, you know, they talk about like, we talk about punching a pillow or mm -hmm. I've literally in terms of like letting out a big feeling of release, I have invited my child to like, do you just need to yell? Like, let's go on the front step. Let's, let's go, go outside. <laughs> use that outside voice. We can go yell. You're mad. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you're just have a lot of energy or. And yes. so thinking about what is it with your specific child that can help them get back to a place where they're a little more regulated, whether, yeah, yes. connection, space, um, humor. There's lots of different things we can use, but what will help your specific child? And as toddlers, our takeaway with all this is that they're toddlers. <laughs> toddlers, by definition, have big feelings and their big feelings are frightening to them. They need our help. And I love there's one little section in Helen's book where she said something like her husband um, or uh, or maybe we need to carry around a little card on a little sign that says temper tantrum in progress. No worries. You know, just to <laughs> let people know that, yeah, we, we are reading our child's cues uh, and they're mm -hmm. toddlers. And here's here's how we're helping them through that temper tantrum. Oh, yes. So that is what we have for our kind of research and reality content. So now we're going to go ahead and bring in our producer, Mackenzie DeYoung, for what we call our stop, breathe, talk moment. That's our flagship parenting strategy. And so she comes in, asks us a question off the cuff, and reminds us to stop, take a breath, yes. think intentionally about the topic at hand, and... We'll see what you got for us today, Kent, huh? <laughs> I just realized I've been, you know, typing away, so I didn't have my mic in front of me. I'm sorry about that. I was going to talk. You were going to be able to not hear me, and everyone would have been okay with it. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So my question today is around this idea that um, toddlers, 
Uh, well, toddlers are a lot, right? And we know that toddlers are a lot, no matter which end of the scale they're on for activity level, for mood, for, you know, for any of these traits. Um, so I guess my question is, as we navigate temperament and our toddlers, what do you think is, I guess, what do you think are the most difficult traits to navigate with toddlers as a parent, as a caregiver? Mm. <laughs> okay, okay, you have to go first because I can't remember what I said when we talked earlier because now they're all <laughs> coming up in my oh, brain. All of them. Go first. Okay. All. <laughs> yeah, well, all. Yeah, all, all nine. <laughs> um, well, the first thing I want to say is it depends on you as a parent what traits mm -hmm. you find hardest. So like as an intense parent myself, do I find my children's intensity like, oh yeah, I get it. Or is it like overwhelming because we're both so high? Um, mm. So like, it really does depend on you as a parent, but I do think that the trait of intensity, one of my faves um, <laughs> and in tantrums in you know, and things like biting and hitting because toddlers, like I said, perfect storm of like, I can't tell you yet. I don't mm -hmm. have ways to communicate this with to you in appropriate ways, like in my words. So I'm going to hit you because you made me really mad <laughs> or I'm going to shove you because I want you to get away from my stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to throw this very loud tantrum because I'm disappointed and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think intensity is one when you have a highly intense toddler that you see a lot. Um, but another one that I think is hard for toddlers is adaptability. When you have a toddler that has lower adaptability and it's hard for them to express that to you, right? Like blue, mm -hmm. like blue cup. I think of yeah. all the times right now that I'm trying to decode what my toddler is saying to me. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like yeah. I don't. And, and he's at the point. <laughs> mine now will like repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. It only sounds oh. like monkeys. Like, yes. It only sounds like monkeys. I don't <laughs> um and that's hard for our toddlers like hard for us yes. to not understand them show me show me yes right and so yes. with that low adaptability the like the disappointment of the unexpected for them can be hard and i think flurry i can't remember flurry said this before we before we recorded or during the recording but everything is new to a toddler yeah. right yeah everything yeah. all new, new to a toddler it's and, all you new. know we haven't lived yeah. enough life for it to be not new Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that. So I'm obviously going to say regularity because they're growing. They want to be independent, yet we as adults want to control that eat, sleep, and poop, right? So yeah. we talked enough about that. But I also think about the parental, the parental wish of, oh, when it comes to approaching withdrawing, I really want my child to be approaching mm -hmm. so that everyone thinks my child is sweet. And when they come and they go, oh, hi, sweetheart, give me a hug. Or, oh, yes. isn't he so awesome? Like, hi, give me a high five. Right. And your child is not approaching. They're withdrawing and they suddenly run back to you and they nuzzle back into you and they don't want to engage mm -hmm. with that person. I mean, the there's just that level of whether it's shame, guilt, judgment, like as a parent, we put, we put a, a I don't know if it's a price tag or we, we put a lot of yeah. weight on our child engaging with other people socially. Right. And mm -hmm. so I think that that can be hard in toddlers because if you have a withdrawing toddler, you know, there is that, that level of, okay, do they think that my child is not sociable? They actually are sociable. Yeah. 
just yes. right not now in five seconds flat. And so I, that that I think is a hard thing with toddlers because they're gaining that independence and they do know what they want. Right. Um, yes. So that's mine. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't think they're, yeah, like all of these traits are not like bad traits, right? There's also this no. beauty in like my toddler that's low approaching, you know, Lori, you've used the term risk taker. Like my yes. low approach toddler is probably not the kid that's like jumping off of this thing and terrifying right. me. Right. Like right. that's not your low right. approach toddler probably. And so, yeah, but there is like some parts of it that can be harder for parents. Yes. Yeah. So I am going to say, um, you skipped over regularity, but I realized that what are toddlers doing? Potty training, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and that can have a big oh, yeah. role in, you know, their regularity could probably have a big role in how that potty training goes. Because oh, yeah. 100%. all have ideals on what they should be doing in their potty training and what it should look like. And mm -hmm. holy smokes, I didn't even think about that until you said that. So that yeah. would also something that probably is pretty tough the to regular navigate. toddler not fairly easy to potty train right mm -hmm. the <laughs> irregular toddler persistent. Yes. exactly the irregular mm -hmm. toddler who is not persistent mm, a i don't know when i gotta go and b this is hard right <laughs> and uh, if they're less sensitive like yeah. I didn't notice I needed to go. Sorry yeah. about it. Like, <laughs> I am yes. that way as a lesson. Uh, I'm like, like my husband knows to ask me, like, do we need to go? And I'm like, no. And then I'm like, no. Oh, okay, I do need to. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now that I'm yeah, yeah. Body, I need to. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank yeah. you, Ken's. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all that good stuff with toddlers. You yes. know, there's so much Their Independence is a huge part of it. Exploring. Daily on the go science experiments. It's a very active time, but that temperament is flowing through everything they're doing. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Next week, we're going to talk about preschoolers. Uh, yes. Same format. We're going to mash temperament and child development together. We're going to pull out what we think is, you know, a challenging thing with preschoolers. And that's going to dive back into, you know, emotions and social development and uh, thinking about how temperament impacts those. So, come back with us next week. But in the meantime, thank you for joining us on the Science of Parenting podcast. We know that many of you are listening on your favorite podcast app, and we would love it if you might take the opportunity to quick give us a rating on that podcast app. It just helps um, bring that app or that podcast, our podcast up forward in the list a little bit higher. Yes. If you've got a second and you've been enjoying it, that is would be a huge thing to us. If you take a second to give us that five-star rating or write a review, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> please do come along with us as we tackle the ups and downs, the ins and outs, and the research and reality all around the science of parenting. The Science of Parenting is hosted by Lori Kothals and Mackenzie Johnson, produced by Mackenzie DeYoung with research and writing by Barbara Dunn Swanson. Send in questions and comments to parenting at iastate.edu and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. This institution is an equal opportunity provider. For the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries, go to www.extension.iastate.edu slash diversity slash ext.